everyone, I'm Ari Medlin here with Rachel Pooley and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. We are on episode 83 and this week's question is, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show and if you enjoy the episode, please give it a like. Okay, so let's explain what imposter syndrome is. Imposter syndrome is a psychological thought pattern whereby a person continually doubts their own abilities, skills and accomplishments to the point where they are actually overwhelmed with the fear of being found out as some kind of fraud. And this thought pattern occurs even if the person has received acknowledgements of their abilities from external sources. So if you're doing a great job at work and your boss turns around and goes, God damn, you're doing a great job at work. You still sit there going, oh, I'm doing awful. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get fired. This is awful. That's kind of thing. And even if you have like full on results, you know, real results, awards, anything, people can still have that imposter syndrome constantly telling them you're really bad. Everybody's going to figure it out. You're rubbish. It's just one of those things. The concept is that we haven't earned our accomplishments. That's the, the feeling in the head. It's this all, all the accolades and positive praise is all wrong and they haven't figured out that you just aren't that person you're not that good now we know what it is we should also know that it is common super common as in like even amongst highly regarded experts in different fields and we're talking not just artistic fields like writing and music and art but science mathematics philosophy economics it, it hits everybody this is not a kind of just you no it, it does really hit different people in different fields whether they're experts whether they're amateurs whatever it is not a new thought pattern it is not something that's just happening to you or something that's new that's never been happening before it's been around for ages that's what imposter syndrome is hello anxiety my old friend that's all i can think of i mean imposter syndrome was always one of those things that i never fully understood and I don't really know why, like I have had people explain it to me before and I just, I never got it. And, you know, seeing it written out, cause I wrote it in their notes. I'm like, oh, I get it now. And that's exactly what I do all the time. And imposter syndrome, it just, it never ends. It doesn't matter what you do or how you do it or how well you do it or how long you've been doing it. Imposter syndrome does not end. And I don't mean to sound so negative about it, but it just doesn't. I mean, it's just something that you need to live with. And I mean, if you if there are people who don't have imposter syndrome or they somehow overcome it over the years, then hey, more power to you. That that's awesome. But I mean, I like to think I'm pretty confident in some of the things that I do, especially being self-employed and I you know, I do business for myself. So I would like to think that I'm doing a good job. I mean, I've made it this far, but at the same time, there's always that little inkling in the back of your mind that, you know, you're like, what, what are you doing? How did you get this far? What are you doing this for? Why? Like, I don't understand why people even hire you. Like, why do people enjoy your work? It's just, I don't get it. And I felt the same way when I self-published my first book. After I self-published it, I was like, okay, I can successfully say that I did it, but I'm not going to tell anybody that I did it because if I tell people, then they'll know about it and they'll see what an awful writer I am. And all the people who have been support 
comforting me up until this point, they're going to take a look at it and be like, ooh. And <laughs> I just made Ari almost spit out her tea. <laughs> this is that noise you made. Just when I took a mouthful, I like, almost spit it all off the keyboard. <gasps> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, with, with that said, I, I actually have the paperback proof of my book and it's been sitting on my shelf for a year, maybe two years, a year, I think a year at this point. And I don't want to publish it in paperback because then that means I have to tell people that it's out there again. Like I'm drawing more attention to it and that, you know, that's, that's crazy. Why would I do that? And I, I get emails from Amazon once in a while giving me a royalty saying, hey, someone bought your book. And I'm like, well, why? Who in there? Instead of being excited about it, that I'm making a whole two dollars, I, I look at it and I'm like, who in their right mind scrolled through Amazon, found my book and thought, oh, this will be a delightful read. Like they're crazy, right? And so, I mean, that's kind of my point. Even after you do it, like there's still those little, there's still those little inklings that you're just like, oh, even though I was successful at this and I accomplished what I wanted to do. And even though people are buying it and people are saying they enjoy it, there's always the imposter syndrome. You're just like, why? But why? I think that's why this episode is like how to deal with it. Because Rachel's totally right. It does not end. It can ease it's like anxiety, you know, you can have huge amounts of anxiety and you can manage it so that it reduces. You almost never get rid of, if you have an anxiety disorder, you never get rid of anxiety. It's always there lurking, but you can reduce it at certain times. It's the same with the imposter syndrome. It's not something that's curable. It's just a thought process that's always going to be there, but it can be controlled. It can be eased off. And um, I heard that Maya Angelou, who is a well-known renowned author with tons of work to her name still feels imposter syndrome now if someone with that body of work behind them very well known very acclaimed if she can have it it's okay that we have it you know so it just proves that even even after all those books being published even having so much praise from critics and and fans alike that she can still go I don't know if I deserve this. I don't know if I feel right that people are saying good things about my work. You know, so that it's okay. It's okay that we have it because people who are way better than us have got it too. Yeah. I mean, there's, when you have it, there's nothing wrong with you per se. It just sucks. And that, that's all. And apparently it's not even attached to like self-esteem or anything like that. It's not like if you have low self-esteem, you have, you're more likely to, you're probably more likely to have imposter syndrome, but it's not the, you know, like, oh, you have low self-esteem, that equals imposter syndrome. You can be a confident person. You can be an extrovert person. You can be someone who's like happy to like blah, blah, blah about my stuff. That doesn't mean that when it finally happens and people start giving you praise that you're not going to go, what the, I don't know what's going on. Um, it's quite funny actually, because I was, virtually I would just talk about something, how I get messages in my business. Um, if, if people aren't able to review straight away because the system doesn't always let them review until a few days later, people will just reach out and message me and say, oh my God, I love your product. It was brilliant. You know, I'll be reviewing it as soon as I'm able, blah, blah, blah. And yet, I mean, I've been in business 10 years and every time I get a message, even now, even though I've only ever had positive messages, every time I get a little blip on my phone, I have a bit of a panic. 
because I'm like, oh, they've figured it out. They have finally figured it out that I am awful, that I'm just selling crap, that it's rubbish. Why would they want it? They want their money back. They're going to leave me a one-star review. They're going to hate me, obviously. And then I read it and it's not that. And then the next time it happens, oh my God, again. <laughs> it's just, it really does never end. This kind of feels like we're taking a downward turn on this podcast. You're going to suffer forever with this. <laughs> That's why I made a note that I was like, I'm being a negative Nelly, but it has to be said. No, 100%. Because it, it doesn't end, but there is nothing wrong with it. And there is no, well, I mean, it's annoying, but there's nothing wrong with you if you no. have imposter syndrome. You're not alone. Everybody has it. It's nothing about you mentally or physically or emotionally or whatever. It's just a sucky thing that everybody feels at one point or another. Yeah, yeah. I think the only issue comes is if you the fear of that feeling like a fraud is so overwhelming that you completely stop even trying and you you know you think right, I'm never gonna write again, I'm never gonna publish again, I'm never gonna draw again or anything because you're kind of crippled with the fear. So which brings me to my next point, which is talk about it. The more we talk about these kind of conditions and how we feel, the easier it is to feel to, to realize that we're not alone. You know. Imposter syndrome it can be quite overwhelming. And it, especially, as, as Rachel said, as soon as you put yourself out there, that kind of fear and anxiety grows and grows and grows. And let's be honest, we're really good at kind of overwhelm, not overwhelm, what's it called? Overinflating everything. You know, it's always, oh my God, it's so much worse than I thought. And it's not. So, but talking about it, it kind of removes the fear a bit. When you hear from people that you respect, that they go through that when you hear from friends and family they feel it too especially because we all look at each other and we think wow look how good they're doing look how well they're managing their life and wow look at all the books they've produced so we all have this kind of image of, of how each person um acts and, and works and let's be honest we don't really know we don't know what that other person is going through in their personal life or how they're managing their life or how they're managing their writing we're just looking at the results going, wow, they got five books published in a month. Or look, that you know, they're, they're so healthy. They're going marathon running, blah, blah. It's so great. But we don't know what they're going through. So the only way to do that is to talk about it. And by people saying, oh, my God, I have imposter syndrome. I feel like a fraud. I feel like every time someone gives me praise, they're wrong. I'm wrong. I'm doing something wrong. And they just haven't figured it out yet. And having someone go to you, me too. I understand that feeling, especially if you look at their work thinking, but their work's brilliant. How can they think like that? It does help to kind of just make you realize that a lot of your fears and worries and, and you know, flashing alert that you're a fraud is actually unfounded. It won't go away, as Rachel said, but it will reduce. It will make you think, oh, I'm not some weirdo suffering this on my own. It's like, no, everybody's a fraud. <laughs> Obviously, I just. <laughs> no it's all about making it easier to accept ourselves when we know that other people are going through it too so talking about it sharing your experience sharing your thoughts reading other people's thoughts about it realizing wow they're going through exactly what i'm going through and i think their stuff's great and then understand that someone's probably doing that with you going oh my gosh they've got it and i think their work's great it can help it really can we're all in this together there. No, right. I'll do it again. I'm sorry. He's choking on her tears. <laughs> we 
your warning before you're gonna break out into song. Oh my goodness. Oh. I mean, high school musical aside, we really are all in this together. We all feel the same. And and as Ari mentioned earlier, imposter syndrome can happen to anybody and everybody. It doesn't matter if they're on the creative side of their hobby or career or whatever it is. Everybody has it. And you do need to talk about it because, I mean, long story short, we need to normalize it. And it's it's just one of those... I don't even know if mental health is like the right word for it, but it can really screw with our mental health. And if you constantly have imposter syndrome and if you're sitting in your office all by yourself and you're working on something and you're like, why am I doing this? There's no point in me doing it. No one's going to like it. You kind of stall and you keep putting something off because you keep thinking that and you're like, oh, I have this great idea, but I'm probably the only person who thinks it's a good idea. So you never start and you just don't do it. And this is where affirmations come into play. You you obviously want to talk about it with other people, but when everybody else is at work and you're just sitting at home trying to do your own thing or you're at your own job, and there are some times where you you can't talk about it, not right in that moment, but if you feel yourself getting into like a spiral, this is why people write motivational quotes. This is why people have affirmations, positive affirmations. And you can, you just kind of need to talk yourself out of it and say, I have a good idea. This will help, help somebody at some point. It may not help everybody because we can't people please everybody. We can't please everybody, but it will help somebody. And I know I've said this quote in a previous episode at some point, and I saw it on Pinterest. I have no idea who said it, but somebody said, you will be somebody's favorite author someday. And that has always resonated with me. Even if it's just the one person who enjoys it, you still made a difference to somebody. Your idea was still valid and it was good. And if you have fun with it and you enjoy it, then that's good too. I think that's another reason why we should always write for ourselves first and foremost. I think if you go into writing thinking, I'm going to write the next bestseller in, you know, YA teen fiction, it it can be... more likely to hit you because then you're kind of aware that you're aiming for this like other person whereas if you write for yourself the first person you're pleasing is you and even if nobody else likes it you're okay because you've pleased yourself and then we kind of move out and sort of spread outwards but yeah it's uh I think I think uh, even if it's not under the mental health thing it definitely has such an effect on mental health because it does affect anxiety it probably does give you writer's block as well things like I can imagine that having this effect with imposter syndrome and you know rather than thinking around the problem it's like oh this just sounds awful it's going to be awful so I don't know you know there's no point me even trying to fix this giant plot hole (laughs) that's my excuse for not fixing my own plot holes but going back to like the talking about it the other sort of side of the same coin is asking for feedback and that's where we talk about our beta readers and our critique partners, because they're the ones that help us identify errors and issues with our manuscripts. But they're also the ones who would flag up patterns that might be going through our work, such, such as if we overuse certain words or are falling flat with descriptions. So they can find very specific areas in our work that need, you know, boosting up. Because literally, imposter syndrome has us going in going, I, I don't think any of this is good. I think I'm really bad at writing. Whereas a, a beta reader might come and say, wow, your dialogue is incredible. It really pulled me in. Your descriptions are a bit soft. 
I didn't really picture the world. And I don't know, having that kind of positive and not even negative, just constructive criticism come in kind of makes it more realistic. I think one of the issues is if you're getting praise all the time, just praise, that can make it worse because all you sat there thinking is, well, they're just saying something nice. They're just trying to make me feel better. They don't really mean it. But if you've got someone saying, I really loved this part, but this part is a bit weak. I think if you try X, Y, and Z, it'll make it better and then it'll work more. I don't know. I feel like you're more likely to believe the praise because you were given something constructive at the same time. And I think that can really help. So it's not just about pulling you down because they've spotted errors. It's about raising you up by saying you can develop as a writer or an artist or whatever by fixing some of this as an issue. And it makes you more confident in your work. Again, it'll never get rid of it, but it might help a little bit just to kind of push that up. And if you do have that voice in your head going, oh, it's not good enough, they're going to realise that you're just, you're just fake, you're rubbish, you're, you're not a good writer, just take a step back, breathe, and remind yourself that it's okay. You are a good writer. And even if you really 100% believe you're not, you can become a good writer by practising, by reading more, by letting other people read your stuff and doing that. It is kind of a mix of getting positive and constructive criticism. So I do think that can help. So it's another reason why you should share your work, even if it's just with beta readers. <laughs> I know there's a lot of, especially new writers, who don't want to share at all. And it's like, fine, you don't want to publish yet. You don't want to put it online anywhere. But pick at least one person who isn't just going to, you know, praise it because they're your friend or your family member or your partner. Someone who will give you nice, even, balanced criticism and comments and constructive criticism over the whole board that helps a bit not perfectly but it really does help I gotta say I don't have a song for this one I think the biggest takeaway from this is I mean definitely yeah you, you have to ask for feedback because as I said earlier we're all in this together and we're all here to help each other whether you're super confident in your work or you're not whether you have like crippling imposter syndrome or you don't, maybe you have it just a little bit. Talking to other people, other writers, it definitely does help. And getting feedback on your work makes it all the more real. I'm not entirely sure if this is going to make sense, but bear with me for a moment. You, you sit down and you write a book and the entire process, you're just wondering if it's good and you write a chapter and you're like you know what this sucks but that's what editing's for and then you you get to the editing and you're like there's no way I can fix this this is just terrible I don't know what I was thinking and then you talk to somebody about it and they give you feedback and they give you constructive criticism and they have some positive thing to say about it they have some negative things to say about it but not mean it's just it's constructs constructive criticism and it just makes it it puts things into perspective for you. That's probably a better way to explain it. Imposter syndrome is like tunnel vision. You are not the only person who is looking at it and interpreting it in a single way. You're not the only one reading it and saying, oh, the, you know, this happens and that's a stupid way to end this chapter or whatever. There are so many other people that read it and they have different opinions and they have different perspectives. And I've said this before too, no two readers read the same book. Everybody has their own interpretation of something. So what one person likes, another might not care for as much, but that's okay. But they're not going to hate it. And 
not like not like how you might hate your own work because sometimes that happens so that kind of brings me to my next point which i've kind of already mentioned at one point or another in this episode is that you just have to do it and it's so hard to just do it but when it gets to the point that your imposter syndrome is stopping you from continuing your work whatever it is it may be you have to sometimes just push through it and just do it and even if and i'm not saying you got to force yourself to write because as i already said you should write for yourself and you don't want to sit there and just and absolutely hate writing because you're trying to force yourself through it but there are some days where you you can just talk yourself into just doing it i talk about you know when i i never marketed my book because once I self-published it, I was like, you know, I'm never touching that with the 10 foot pole ever again, but at least I can tell myself, Hey, you know what? You made it that far. Like you can accomplish more and you can do more. And you, you did that. So you have something going for you. There's, there's something there. You just need to pursue it further. I'm not going to practice what I preach at all, but there we go. That sounds about right for us on this podcast, yeah. <laughs> we give advice, we rarely take, but hey, we're good at giving advice. I kind of feel like we have imposter syndrome a little bit with this podcast because we're here, we're, we're churning out our random episodes and, and giving our advice. And a, there is a part of me that sometimes like, eventually someone's going to figure out that we have no frigging idea what we're talking about. And they're just like, who are these people? And what are they telling us? And why should we listen? But people do listen it's kind of crazy but they do so you know we just keep doing it so that's it that's how that's Rachel's right that's exactly what we need to do just kind of push through and maybe even we, we kind of look at it through other people's eyes don't we We say like oh we're a fraud and these people don't understand and they're going to realize that we're the fraud and they're going to look at us and say oh they don't really know what they're doing why are they doing that maybe we should think of it in a different way and think give those people the benefit of the doubt that they do know what they're talking about and that maybe you are really good at whatever it is that they're giving you praise for. So maybe that's it. Maybe we should just flip it on its head. Instead of thinking, I'm a fraud, we should turn around and go, those people can't all be wrong. (laughs) Maybe that will work. You're not wrong. I mean, it's true. You really do. You have to like sit and turn your thinking around. And it's hard to do, but it is doable. And you might not be able to do it every every single day and that's okay even if you do it once in a while you're doing it I I think the problem is we we look at so many other people and we see so many other like writers or artists or you know in different fields coming out and especially if you see them and you think wow they're incredible and then something of ours boosts up and you think well whoa whoa I, I can see that they're like up there on the top of the pedestal why is someone pushing my work up there I know I'm not as good as them and it's like, yeah, but obviously somebody thinks so to be pushing you up like that. And it's like, it's not really fair to turn around and go, well, you're an idiot. What are you doing? So I don't know. Maybe that's the, that's the way to combat it. Be nicer about the person pushing your work up and thinking you're great. Yeah, exactly. Kind of sad, isn't it? We like literally, you know, that you're told go for the super fans and then we get super fans and they tell us great things. And we're like, we don't believe you. You're an idiot. We're a fraud. How are you not saying that? <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> Uh, it's not easy, guys. Not easy. I love how deep this episode ended up being. <laughs> of course, everyone's going to put comments in saying, you guys are rubbish, you're all frauds. And I, yep, yeah, exactly. End of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we quit. 
<laughs> but I think I think we should discuss quite a bit. We discussed what the heck it is, the fact that it never goes away, but it's okay because there are ways to deal with it, kind of push it down, or at least at least carry on working even with it chunnering away in your head. So it's okay. I think I think we we did good. I think we did good on this episode. I'm boosting us up. With that said, it's now your turn. Tell us how you deal with imposter syndrome or whether you don't, whether you just freak out all the time. We'd love to know. So tell us about it. Put it in the comments or on Twitter using the hashtag The Merry Writer Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to get some extra content, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash The Merry Writer Podcast. You can support our show for as little as $1 a month and get extra bonus content. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Reams of Paper. We're killing trees. The music title inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed on your Creative Commons 4.0.